0: Hi! You're about to listen to Dirty Laughs Podcast.
1: When life doesn't give you the success you planned, grab a microphone and your three best friends and put on a show anyway.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Hi! Hello! What's going on? How is everyone? (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) I'm
0: tired. I've had a long weekend, but i'm happy to be here and see your lovely
3: faces how are you i have allowed myself to be traumatized this entire week by both of my rats dying they're not dead they've been dying now for over a week to an extent where i don't know how they're alive yeah for saying that i always have been like i've never in my life cried over an animal ever i like animals but i never even when i had pets that died i never like found it very upsetting but for some reason they are my babies and i've just been like watch i think it's the slow death that's getting to me now i'm like i can't watch them anymore
1: i will never cry over the people but i'll always cry over the animals animals are better
3: than people i think true yes they are true yeah anyway they're still alive and kicking and at this point i think they're gonna be here for another five years just in this state (laughs) (laughs) go on
2: Quicksilver and storm
3: should we get into it
2: what shall we discuss this week what shall we discuss this week show us what you learned this week
3: I haven't got like a question as such. I've been doing um over the like December and January period some some market research, if you will, into the kind of concept of your head and your heart. So, let's just talk about the findings and people can just you can just say whatever you want, really. Cool. Okay, so basically, I've done a few things. Um I have had many conversations with people. What's been very interesting is that people keep coming back to me and going i've been really thinking about the conversation that we had and really like reflecting on how i think and what i view of myself and whether i'm right or wrong and it was very interesting a few things i've learned is none of us understand each other yeah i don't know if we understand ourselves because people keep saying yeah i've come back and thought about it and i don't lead with my heart like i said i did <laughs> so it's been very interesting what i've done i also did a couple of surveys i've collected a list of things that people find frustrating about each other and things that people admire (laughs) about each other about not black people in particular this was anonymous i got lots of people and i said do you lead with your head or your heart and what do you find frustrating about people who lead in the opposite direction oh so i'll start with what people who say that they mostly lead with their head what they find frustrating about people who lead with their heart so i've got they don't think about the consequences they can't commit to a choice choices don't seem logical common sense is largely ignored don't consider other people's needs appear reckless or inconsiderate haven't considered the impacts of their decisions often run into heartbreak rapid decisions might lead to regrets don't consider long-term implications there was more than that but those were the main things that were just coming up multiple times yeah and then if we look at what people who lead with their heart said they found frustrating about people lead with their head I was just on a wrong page and I was just about to read out a list of musical instruments. <laughs> <laughs> the piano. <laughs> um so they said frustrations about people who leave their head, they don't understand my choices. They might never take risks. They might never see their dreams realized they don't always try exciting things. they can be blunt or insensitive. they can be cold. they dismiss my opinions. they think i'm too emotional. they lack compassion or empathy. they're not willing to listen, change or discuss. they always think they're right. they have a lack of empathy and they don't understand why emotions drive me. so again those are just like a kind of vague collection of things that seem to come up. so i just found it interesting that when you look at what people have said about what frustrates them about People lead with their heart. A lot of it is kind of like making reckless decisions, isn't it? It's like not thinking about anything outside of the moment and then that might impact other people negatively but maybe people aren't just aren't thinking about it it might impact themselves going forward so it's kind of like not maybe thinking things through and then with the frustration of the head a lot of it is leading it's almost like people saying it's so logical that there's no emotion in it so it's like saying you're cold or you don't understand my emotions you have dismissed me because i've got emotions uh, you might never take risk it's all very kind of running towards risk and running away from risk seems like a big thing that comes up. so then if we look at the things that people admire about those who lead with their heart, we've got they can see choices beyond the obvious ones. they're not scared of risks. don't overthink. they are brave. they take more risks. they're more definite in what they believe. they follow their dreams despite the challenges. they don't need to consider the impacts of what they do. they are able to trust their heart. they often seem happier They are able to be impulsive. And then when we look at the opposite, what people admire about those who lead with their head, we've got they're usually right. They're strong, clear, rational thinking. They have commitment even when inspiration is lacking. They have perseverance for everything that they start. They have a better stamina because they're not running on emotions. They can make better choices without being unhappy. They can outweigh pros and cons quickly. They're always right in the end. Appear to avoid heartbreak. I think appear is important there because I don't think anyone does. Appear, yeah. But it, mm. it's easy to, from an other outside perspective, think that that's what's happening. So again, it's kind of the things that people have maybe said they're frustrated with. They've also gone, but I wish I could do that. Yeah. which Which is very interesting and might be quite important for us to acknowledge when we're looking at the characters that sometimes the things that annoy you about someone are the things you wish you were able to do.
0: It could be such like a nice piece of dialogue or a song, that it's like I don't understand you. I don't understand you. Or it could be like, what what you just said. Like, ah, oh, I think it's good. I like that. It's really interesting.
1: You know what I would be, even more interested to know, um, the people is, oh how do I word this? Like, um, the people who lead with their heads, for example, all tend to be i don't know doctors or something or like do you know what i mean like people they all seem to do this a similar type of job and also i I think it'd be interesting to see how people who lead with their head and their heart work together in like relationships
3: Yeah, it can, that balance can be a really good combination, like in a relationship or a partnership, whatever form that takes. It can destroy that relationship. But it also, if you understand how to kind of treat it, I know a couple who are very, very extreme polar opposites of each other. But they've managed to make this work where they have been together for a very, very long time and they have family and he has the ideas and the spark. And then she goes, okay, I'm going to give you a day to have that. And then tomorrow I'm going to see what you're feeling about it tomorrow. And then if you still want to do it, I'm going to sit down and we're going to look at the factual side of how we can make that work and whether it's plausible. He's probably got her to do things that she would never have done done but also who knows what would have happened to him (laughs) so it's very interesting
0: it's nice that they're polar opposite but they still like sort of have that sense of patience with each other to try and understand each other i've definitely had relationships in the past but i think i think i lead with my heart i might be wrong you can tell me if i'm wrong
3: This is the thing. It makes you doubt. Well, do you know the thing, Sam, that I realised is I don't know what anyone leads with and I've started realising I also can't tell someone what they lead with.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I still stand by the fact that I think I am a healthy mix. But my partner, I've, I've been thinking about this too he's the opposite mix to me. <laughs> so it's like what I do with my heart, he will do with his head and then vice versa. <laughs> That's amazing. And it'll be like, we'll just even each other out. Yeah,
0: I've had relationships in the past where it just hasn't worked because they've been so head driven and I'd just be like, you know, like like some of those comments actually, like where is your empathy?
3: I think emotions is, and this might be something for us to just think about it more long term, is where emotions fall into it because I think that emotions are not necessarily a reflection on what you leave Lead with no they kind of cloud everything there's the obvious way to portray that which is the character who leads with their head has no emotion and the character that leads with their heart has emotion but it's just an interesting thing to think about because i know people that are very very like solely head driven but they cry all day every day yeah about nothing yeah and i would say my decisions like my life decisions are very heart-based but i don't really cry that much like i'm not really as emotional It's something that we can have a think about how to even look at that.
0: Emotions cloud everything. They cloud all judgment, all concept of self, you know, they cloud everything. Sometimes it can get bit intense. I don't think I've ever cried without apologizing. Really? Yeah, ever. That's very interesting, actually. I'm always like, oh, watch Makra! <laughs> <laughs> Sit
3: there and watch this terrible <laughs> my drink. But that is essentially currently the research that I've all put together here.
0: I think it's really interesting to hear it all and all of your dada, all of your dada that you've conjubilated. <laughs>
3: Behind the curtain welcome to the rock if you come from away hey (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh yes i've been listening to come from away actually
3: Right. Okay. So if you are unaware, Come From Away is a Canadian musical that tells the true story of events following the 9-11 terror attacks in 2001 when 38 planes were forced to land in a small Canadian town called Gander in Newfoundland. And the residents there took in around 7,000 strangers from all around the world because all the airlines were closed. So they were all grounded there. It is funny. It's emotional, it's sad, it's joyful, it's uplifting, it's many, many things. It uses folk music mostly. It uses lots of different styles but folk feels like the kind of the the big vibe of it. The idea for the show was first thought up by a lawyer and a theatre producer from Toronto called Michael Rubinoff. He approached various writing teams. Eventually he caught the interest of a married couple called Irene Sankoff and David Hine. He knew their work because they had written a musical in 2009 called My Mother's Lesbian Jewish Wiccan Wedding, which <laughs> had been a hit musical at the Toronto Fringe Festival. They are Canadian, but they actually were living in New York at the time of the terrorist attacks. So they were emotionally connected to the story, you know, on kind of lots of different levels. In 2011, the two of them then visited Gander on the 10th anniversary of the attacks to interview locals and the returning passengers because they had this big sort of commemoration of it and they got loads of stories out of everything that happened and they had to select the ones that they thought would be a- the best ones to tell and maybe the ones that are most appropriately told on stage. There are going to be some stories that you can't do or, you know, might not feel like you're the right person for it. Also interestingly they drew on some of their own experience. So while they were in living in New York on the day, on September 11th, they were living with people from like over a hundred different countries in this like foreign student kind of accommodation and no one was allowed outside, obviously the windows weren't even allowed to be open because there was like ash in the air and everyone was very scared. what they ended up doing was having this impromptu like sing song around a piano where someone just started playing and they all sang and they like bonded together in this emotional moment over singing together and that inspired part of their writing of the musical because it's that similar idea of like what happens when you're in this situation that is just unknown and terrifying and you're in a place you don't know with a bunch of people you don't know and how that can bring people together and they used some of that initially they produced a 45-minute workshop version of it for the canadian music theatre project in 2012 and then that workshop was successful so michael rubinoff who was the guy who'd come up with the idea he then invited them to finish writing the musical for a full production at his college where he worked in 2013 as part of the college the college's regular theatre season. And the full production was around 90 minutes long without an interval. And it was directed by Brian Hill. That was very successful and people really were drawn to it. However, they just weren't able to get any producers in Canada that were interested. So it had a bit of a roadblock at that point. But then some of the musical theatre programmes in the United States then selected the show for their own like showcases within their schools. One of them was in New York and that New York one then led to it being picked up by Junkyard Dog Productions, who are the production company behind musicals like Memphis and First Date.
1: Oh, I like First Date, yeah.
0: Memphis is really good.
3: The producers say that when they first picked it up, it was a title that no one could remember. It was an ensemble show so it didn't have one star that would bring in crowds um and it was a story about 9-11 the musical was their exact quote and they said so no one thought it was going to be successful but the heart of the story just reached people so the first professional production was in 2015 and that was in seattle it was directed by christopher ashley And it included much of the eventual Broadway cast, including Jen Colella, who ended up being nominated for Tony Awards. In Seattle, it became the highest grossing show and had the largest ticket sales in one day. They did runs in san diego and in washington before they went to toronto in 2016. it got picked up off the back of that run for broadway and it opened in broadway in february 2017. it's still running there. obviously covid stuff dismissed. they opened a production in dublin at the end of 2018 and then that transferred to london's west end about a month or two later where again it's still running in london. and then it's had further productions all around the world places like Argentina, the Netherlands, Sweden. They're adapting it into their own language so they can do runs in those countries. It was nominated for seven Tony Awards and it won best direction in a musical. It was sadly up against Dear Evan Hansen and The Great Comet that year so it would have probably been more successful in the Tony Awards. And then it was nominated for eight Laurence Olivier Awards when it was in London and it won four of them including best musical. One thing that I found really interesting was that the writers were struggling artists at the time when they wrote it. So they had day jobs that they didn't want to do. And they continued doing those day jobs and had help from their family and friends while they were writing this musical for like years. Oh, I love that they really like put the effort in while they were doing the research and they were supported and they made money to survive and pay their bills and now they don't need their day jobs because the show has taken off. that makes me feel so high. <laughs> they kind of credit musical theater for keeping them together and they credit their relationship for keeping them focused in musical theater which is just very nice. but yeah that's the story of come from away. Mm.
1: I like that. I
0: love Come From Away and I love that they were in day jobs writing a musical like we are. Yes. Yeah. I will listen to the soundtrack over and over and over again. I've watched it so many times, so many times. I just, I love it.
3: It's one of the musicals with the most heart that I think I've ever seen. It's just
0: such a heart-touching story. I mean, no one will ever forget, I think, what happened with 9-11. It's one of those moments in history where you just go, oh, I can't. I still can't believe it's happened.
1: You can remember where you were. Where were you? So I was got
3: picked up from school. I got in the car and my mum was like, a plane has flown into the Twin Towers and I didn't know what they were. So I thought she was talking about Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. <laughs> the second I got home, my brother ran out of the house saying, I just watched live a plane fly into the Second Tower and he was like going crazy. From there on, I knew everything about what the World Trade Center was. is crazy.
0: I didn't know really what war was, what terrorism was, but that day my childhood changed completely because I've, all of a sudden I'm thinking anything can happen.
1: I didn't know what the word terrorism or terrorist meant. I can tell you exactly where I was. I was in year four. I was at school and I can remember all the adults were running around. Um, you know as a kid when you know something's not right. And like everyone's sort of like looking around and they pull the TV out that we normally watch videos on. So we think, oh great, we're in for a lovely time. And they don't realise that we're behind them watching everything. I remember watching the plane hit the tower light. We thought it was a TV show that we weren't meant to be watching. It wasn't until really when we got home and things were being talked about. And there's a whole assembly explaining it. I was six and I was at my childminder's. Just come home from school, I
0: had a snack in front of me. I can't remember what snack it was, but I was sat there watching the telly. And usually I'm allowed to watch like cartoons and things like that. But um, my child, my husband was sat watching TV, watching the news. And I was like, oh, I'll just sit here and wait then. I was sulking, I was sulking, I was sulking. And I was watching it and I was thinking, what on earth is going on? Where is this, what is that place? was six it's like one of my earliest memories it definitely shaped
3: everything didn't it yeah I, i'm sorry that i've like brought, really brought the mood down no
1: i think it's good to talk about it i think
3: the fact that they've been able to take that story and make it full of joy and hope i just think that's amazing because in someone else's hands that would have just been a really, that would have been lame. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah
0: they're focusing more on on the positives of the kindness and the generosity of the people rather than what's going on
3: time to write a music right who's giving us our 30 second rundown Harriet. No, that means no. No, I've decided it's Harriet.
0: Yeah, I think it's Harriet. Harriet.
3: I did it last week. I did it last week. <laughs> I did the week before. The week before was in December, Harriet. It doesn't count anymore. Sam's not done it in a really long time. Sam's going to do it next week. You don't need to go into loads of detail. Just this like the kind of punchy. What is the concept?
1: Right. So we have a person called Joe, who has a decision to make. A big life decision. And they cannot choose what to do because of some previous trauma from their past. Inside Joe's <laughs> head, there is the head and the heart characters. I'd just like you all Corey. to know that
3: Harriet's doing air quotes um, for a podcast. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. This is
1: why oh. I was hired. Yeah, so there's Corey and Allie, and they clash a lot. They are there to help <laughs> Joe uh, <laughs> they're there to help Joe make the decision <laughs> and this is why I shouldn't do the rundown this
3: is exactly why you do need to do the rundown <laughs> okay well do you know what I don't even... I'm, I'm making an executive <laughs> decision Sam <laughs> you give us your rundown shit <laughs> <laughs> We have a person called Joe, okay, Joe
0: is our mainish character. Joe has a decision to make, they can either take a promotion at work or they can pack it all in and go travelling around the world or do whatever they feel like their heart's desire is. We also have Corey and Ally. Corey and Ally wake up in the wilderness and they have to try and find their way back home and then we find out that Corey and Ally is Joe's head and heart. They are
1: personifications of the head and the heart. I think Sam's better than mine and I don't think I should be left to do this.
3: If you know absolutely nothing, the main thing you need to know is we're writing a musical about a battle between someone's head and their heart. Does anyone have things they've been thinking about that they wanted to discuss or do you just want to hear the songs I've been working on or like what do you want to
0: do? I would like, I would like to hear the songs. I would like to
1: hear your songs.
3: The... A moment where we meet Joe for the first time. I was thinking this idea, they're like in an office and people are moving around. So like we've got ensemble or whatever and they are just doing everyday life. And then everything changes and it kind of goes in on Joe. At the end, I have put in a phone. It doesn't, the phone, I kind of was like it could represent them getting the phone call that we talked about, like the promotion. We don't have to do that. That was just sort of a, a an idea I put together for that. But anyway, I'll just play it for you.
2: That one day I'll open the door Open and just let go Early morning sunlight wakes her She ventures far into the breeze Rain floods her veins veins, with freedom skin the grass, she climbs the trees. People gather all around her, hear them singing in the streets. and just let go tonight, tonight i return to the darkness shall i not and touch and the darkness as i approach as i is twisting door. turning shadow the shadows continue. Open the door Open and just Let go Tonight I return To the Darkness of The corridor As I approach Its Twisting Turning shadows I know That this time I'll open the door, open and just let go.
1: I really like that. I like how you got elements of shadows coming back into it. Just before the beginning, for the twinkly bit, can you yeah, add one more beat? Because I just felt like I wanted one more beat. That was it.
3: Yeah, that's fine. I actually uh, did and it didn't work and I took it out. <laughs> so I pl- I did play with lots of different versions of that, but that's fine. I
1: can just keep playing with it. Yeah, I just felt like I was in like the whole thing, it sends you into a very calm melodic state. And I was just sort of like, where's my extra beat gone?
0: That bit, that beginning bit for me, yeah, I really like that beginning
1: bit. I wanted
0: more of it. So I wonder if we could do like a whole song that sort of with like staplers and all that sort of thing. Like the, the office sounds as a song. Little
1: stomp moment.
3: I was thinking that like when you're staging it, there's more like we can do with actually like making sounds, the idea that they're doing things that become part of like rhythm or like that's something more with that. I, yeah, I agree.
1: I, I had an idea about the movement for this because I was like, as lovely as the song is, I think it should be a standalone song moment. But obviously, if you've got the office around you, you'd have them doing their office things, passing paper to the, each other and then... As soon as the song starts, they can start to slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. But they're still moving. But it's so slow.
3: Yeah, I was imagining in my head that they're in slow motion doing what they were doing almost. And that might change, you know, it might be that certain elements, parts of the song, they don't, you know, they might do something different and then go back to it. But yeah, that was what I was had in my head when I was writing it. I don't want to be really pedantic
0: I'm picky, but it's
3: the the she thing. That's but we can only make that decision when we have an actor, so we can change that. Yeah. I just did that for the sake of that.
0: I know. Re- I I loved how that opened. I went like, oh, there, there's like great potential here. I loved how that opened. Definitely more of that. Yeah,
3: I think I think that can be extended. I was gonna say
0: you would do um all of that like, the things, but then it all just stops and there's just like. Like maybe like a, just like a pen going and then he, and then they start singing as a sort of a, a transition into it because
3: it did it come out of nowhere didn't it
1: yeah that's what i meant by i wanted my extra beats i was like wait, what
3: yeah the extra beat sounded weird did it yeah because it didn't blend it made it very final and it actually like it was a bit too stunted mm. yeah but um i do agree the reason why you say it needs an extra beat is not necessarily that it needs an extra beat is that it needs something and i i agree i've been trying to play with what that something is yeah well what i'm also hoping is that uh whether you know whether they're finished or not that me bringing the songs to you that i'm working on it means you guys can use that to go
1: off of for other things as well yeah like i often find it very hard to start something fresh but I can do a million things just by bouncing off of an idea.
3: The more that anyone brings anything, the more other people have things to bounce off or have ideas from. Yeah. So I was kind of like, it's just worth me just bringing whatever I'm doing, regardless of what state it's in, so that you can kind of get the idea of what I'm doing with it.
2: Yeah.
1: Come
2: and join Sound Social Network. She's here for you.
0: my friends have messaged me this week they've basically been like playing along with everything that um we were just we'd be discussing and things like that so just general like nice comments and stuff okay so love the opening number i automatically felt like i wanted to know what was going on by the tone of the music engrossed from the start and then because you all mentioned it was a duet i think it should be called duet no (laughs) I'm going to put more out there, I think, on the socials in terms of the name.
3: It's really worth noting that it's highly unlikely the name we choose now is going to be the name it ends up being. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's just to have a working title. Have you ever seen the titles that like Marvel films have while they're working on them? No. They're like literally called ridiculous things. Like they're not even pretending. Iron Man was called Diving Bell. Thor was called Manhattan. Captain America, the first Avenger, was called Frostbite. Oh my god. The Avengers was called Group Hug and Team Building. Yay! <laughs> 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 but literally most people would just have a title for a project and it doesn't it's not even like that
2: that's yeah. gonna
1: be. Your I know own Fantastic title. Beasts was called Vertigo.
0: If you would like to get in touch, you can email us podcast at uk. I'm getting this wrong every single week. Or you can like and follow us on Instagram at uh, Dirty Last Podcast, the same for TikTok. Did I get that right? Yes, I did.
1: Harriet's head scratch. N- n- scratch your, your head, head now. If you were an Eminem, as in, you know, the sweet, the Eminem. I honestly thought you meant the rap. <laughs> if you <Yeah>. were Eminem. <laughs> if you were the sweet, the Eminem, and you had to wear a bikini or a swimming costume, would you wear it over the shell? So, for example, the green, the blue, the yellow bit of the Eminem, Or would you have to take the shell off and would you wear it over the chocolatey part?
0: The shell is its skin and the chocolate is its blood. So you would wear the bikini over the shell. I think I disagree.
3: Oh, (laughs) what? I would say that the shell is kind of like a, a case or like a coat So I think it would take off its shell, put on the bikini, and then melt in the sun and
2: die.
1: And die. I I think they're both fair, fair comments, but if I'm honest, I feel I'm leaning more towards Sam's theory.
0: Oh, I'm flabbergasted. Positively.
1: But there is that rare occasion where me and Sam happen to agree on things.
3: Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Whether they wear their shell or not, if they go to sunbathe in the beach, they are going to melt. So it isn't really a wise choice.
1: So Okay, so if it wears its shell, is it protected from the sun? No, it melts inside. No, it melts. So it's just a dead body sitting there.
3: So either way, it really doesn't matter where they put the bikini on because they are not going to survive that trip. (laughs) I apologise because I feel like I think I'm a bit of a tired mess this week are you joking look at me we're really tired okay so if this was if this week was rubbish i'm just up but you know what i'll take the blame i'll take the hit this one
0: no i will take the hit
2: <laughs>
1: harriet harriet, <laughs> harriet do
2: you want to take the hit
1: or not <laughs> harriet's like no it was one of you two <laughs> i'm tired but i'm not tired i don't know to be fair i did might have made your brains hurt with a head scratcher so but that's everyone i
3: believe i had a definitive and correct answer to your head scratcher <laughs> I believe this is my best week yet. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love and appreciate you all. We have to say goodbye.
1: We do. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck you say, bitch? I'm tired. Leave me alone.